Blog Talk Radio. Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, one, 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 one. We have ignition. Strap in. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I hope everybody's doing well this fine Sunday evening. Three weeks away, less than three weeks away from the kickoff of college football. And, man, are we excited here at Way in Sports Talk. Tonight we're going to talk about the Big Ten Conference. Everybody seems to be high on it. Everybody seems to be talking about it. We're going to dissect it a little bit and give you a, kind of a big-picture view of what we see. We're not going to break down every team right now. But I just think it's something that needs to be talked about. I've seen polls. I have Michigan ranked three. I'm hearing a lot about Ohio State, Michigan State. And, I mean, is this conference good enough to win, to put two into the, to the uh, playoff? We're going to find out. Also, special guest tonight, Zach Allen. He's a coach, one of the coaches of Jones County Bobcats. Jonathan, I'm sure you're familiar with them. Duco National Champions Division Two. I don't know if you you watch it or not, but I'm sure you've heard of them. Yeah, I've definitely heard of them. He's gonna come on tonight and talk about that whole series they were involved in. How am I sounding tonight? Good, clear. You sound nice and loud. Am I too loud? Well, I mean, that's debatable, but I would say no. Right. So everything sounds good, right? All right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I'm pretty sure the missus would say you're too loud. Yeah, she's always telling me to shut up. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's just the way, that's the way it is. Imagine during football season when, when Auburn's getting beat by four touchdowns. She's like, what the hell's going on down there, guys? You know, is there a war taking place? <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but what do you think about the Big Ten Conference tonight we're going to talk about? Does that excite you a little bit? Is it something that um, – are you tired of hearing about how great they are? Um, I mean, they, they haven't really done much to prove to really anybody that they're a top-flight conference, but uh, I think there's – it's uh, – Definitely a conference to keep an eye on this year. They're uh, they're in an interesting situation to where they could uh, easily get a team into the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, they're going to get a team in the playoffs. There's there's no doubt about it. But I mean, I, I want, and, and we'll save it for later. We'll save it for later. Uh, the Big Ten will be coming up at 7:30 Eastern, 55 minutes from now. Zach will come on. We'll do an interview with him, but. Hey, an update in the quarterback battle for Auburn Johnson, for all the Auburn fans out there that listen to the show. Uh, looks like it's Franklin or White. What do you think about the fact that Jeremy Johnson sat out the second scrimmage and Gus wanted to look at Sean White and, and JF3? Doesn't that kind of tell you that either Jeremy Johnson's the number two guy 
or he's not the starter and maybe number three. I just think that told me a lot about him not being the quarterback in the second scrimmage. Uh, yeah, that definitely uh, tells you that um, Malzahn has an idea of where Johnson stands, and you know it doesn't seem to be too high. And I, you know, may, Jeremy obviously showed signs of regression last year, um, so it's it's I think it's good for Auburn fans though because I don't know if you guys want to deal with Jeremy Johnson <laughs> again. Uh, so maybe having uh, Franklin come along and take this will will make you guys happy to start the year with a little less heartburn. Yeah, and, and maybe, and, and I can see that scenario where he knows Johnson's not going to start, but it's between, well, it kind of doesn't make sense. If the starter is going to be Franklin or White, then why would Johnson be two? You, you know, I, I'm, I'm from the school of thought Franklin's going to be the guy Jonathan, the fact that they haven't announced the starting quarterback yet for Auburn gives me hope, and it makes me realize that Franklin is is outperforming White right now, and they're just trying to get more time. Uh, I think White threw a pick six in the scrimmage yesterday and put the ball on the ground. Franklin had a perfect day. So Gus Malzahn is all about protecting the football, and that's one thing Franklin the third did not do well in the spring, but he has done well in the fall when it matters once he's got more adjusted. So your projection right now, if you had to make a prediction today, is that Franklin or White going to be the starter? I'm going to say we're, I think we're going to see both of them in that first game. Mm, I always hate hearing that, especially since you're playing Clemson. I mean, unless y'all are getting blown out or doing the blowing out, I'd hate to see both quarterbacks. I think Franklin's going to get the starting gig. Uh, and I think he'll run with it unless, I mean, if he if he melts down, that's the only time I expect to see, uh, see what. Yeah, I just can see superstars perform big on big stages, and that's a big stage I'm going to be at September 3rd. Looks like Florida State announced their quarterback. Is it, how do you pronounce his name, Francois? DeAndre Francois. Big five-star recruit, wasn't he? Uh, I want to say he was a high four. four. Yeah, high four, that's it. What do you think about Brett Schwab in the replacing the injured McGuire? Well, you know, it was going to be a quarterback battle between, um, you know, McGuire and, Fran- and Francois from uh, from the outset. Uh, we all knew it was going to be a tough one. There was a – the fan base is split. I want to say about 65, four, uh, 35 on who, you know, they wanted. About 65% of us wanted Francois just because we realized he was more talented, um, you know, he's a true dual threat compared to McGuire, who, I mean, you know, I'll, we all love Sean. And he's your, he, he is your Florida State seminal. I, you know, when I, he was thrown into the fire so many times. You know, last year where he was benched, brought back in, and all that other nonsense, played a bowl game on a broken ankle, Sean's a seminal for life. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but DeAndre, I think, gives us the best chance to win a national title. So that's uh, that's who I'm riding on. That I'm happy to see him, and I hope McGuire gets better. Hope he gets healthy because you never know when we're gonna need him again. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna have to go against Chad Kelly, and I found out today that Chad Swag Kelly is following us, weighing force on Twitter. So hello, Chad Kelly. Um, Florida State <laughs> about to beat you like a like a drum, 
than that first game, buddy. I'm sorry. I, I hate to bust your, burst your bubble, but anybody that nicknames themselves, uh, I've got problems with. You know, I've been nicknamed the animal, uh-huh. but that's by, that by other people. I never walk around calling myself the animal. Yeah, I had a center in high school who nicknamed himself Tank, and after that, nobody <laughs> took him seriously. <laughs> Tank, I mean, come on. If you nickname yourself out there, you, you've got some, some issues. Swag, you're going to see some swag, and the swag is going to be on that Florida State front seven <laughs> that's going to be coming after you all night long. Uh, <laughs> I like Florida State this year, Jonathan. I really do. I think I think they've got a lot of talent. I think, you know, when you can go 10-2 and two in a rebuilding year, I think it's pretty good. You lost your bowl game, yes. But, again, when you play for, when you play for a national championship and, you, and then you made it to the playoffs the first year, it's kind of hard to settle for the Peach Bowl. I know you don't like me to say that, but uh, these guys are used to playing for championships, and when they're not, they don't really care. They're about the draft. They don't want to get hurt. The, I'm from that school of thought. The, when Utah beat Alabama, when Ohio State beat Alabama, they, or uh, who was Oklahoma beat Alabama, I'm telling you, Alabama wasn't fair, job. Yeah, if I think Florida State was there last year, uh, I mean, yeah, they, they had some issues defensively, but the defense on the field the whole game, you know, J.J. Constantino came in, had them big old deer eyes, didn't know what he was doing, and just freaked out. Uh, and that's when McGuire, on a broken ankle, said, "Put me back in there, coach." You know, and yeah, I, I felt I felt just bad for the team, especially when Golson decided not to make the trip for the game. And um, you know, but I understand what you're saying though, because if you look at certain games, Oklahoma, Boise State. Alabama, Utah, Alabama, Oklahoma. It always seems to be Alabama, by the way, who's brought up in this conversation of, well, they didn't care. You know, Alabama didn't care. But, well, how come Alabama's the only team that don't care when they're in the Super Bowl? Everybody else in the Super Bowl Indeed. cares. How come Alabama don't care? I led, I led you right into that. I led you right into that, man. Oh, my goodness. I, I mean, Alabama always, oh, we're not playing for a title. We don't care. Well, you care when you beat Michigan State 52-7 to in the Gator Bowl. Why don't you care in the Super Bowl? I mean, come the on. The only time Alabama loses is when they don't care. Yeah, when they don't they care. care. They don't lose. You know, the, you know, the 2013 Iron Bowl, they didn't care. You know? No. They didn't care about it. Why well, I got care? some good news. And this is, I don't know if you've got a chance to watch Last Chance U yet. Uh, no, Roberts, sir. John, John Franklin III. White Roberts was the other quarterback that, that, was, that offense was really built around him, he actually is going to Mississippi State. So we have one quarterback in the SEC, both in the SEC West. One is ending up, I think, a walk-on at, at Mississippi State, the other one on scholarship at Auburn. So we'll see who the better quarterback is. And, and Jonathan, you have to know, and people are so stupid that it makes me just have to stop and say this. I have to because of stupid people. They think because Franklin didn't win the job from this guy last year all the way that he wasn't the better quarterback. And that's not necessarily true all the time. There's different offenses that quarterbacks adjust to better and they're suited for and built around. So if you have more of a throwing offense, are you going to put more of a dual threat guy in there? Are you going to put a true passer in? I mean, it's, it's, it's that easy. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. That, it's simple. 
I agree. I mean, you know, it's 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 amazing how people seem to forget that uh you know, Reggie Ball, and I know I'm going back a little bit here. Reggie Ball was a darn good quarterback at Georgia Tech. Yeah. But he wouldn't have survived at Alabama. But he was a good quarterback in a triple option. Put him in a pro-style offense and see what happens. You know, so I agree 100% with you. Not every system, not every team is built for this. If Tom Brady doesn't go to the Patriots, is Tom Brady still Tom Brady? Right? That's an age-old question. We don't, nobody will ever know. I don't, I don't know. That system's just for him. But, but here's the deal: if, uh, if this, if Wyatt Roberts was a better quarterback than John Franklin III, do you think Auburn would have gotten him before John Franklin III or someone else? So it, it shows mm-hmm. you he's a, he was a high, he was a high priority for Gus Malzahn. And uh, I think the guy Roberts will be okay. I think he'll do good at Mississippi State. Watch out because you know Dan Mullen is one of the most underrated coaches in America. I don't care what anybody says, he is the most underrated coach in America. Look what he does at Mississippi State, Jonathan. I mean, I don't like Dan Mullen at all. I can't stand him. He's a whiny bastard. But he uh, he knows how to win football games, and and that's one thing I'm telling you. Dan Mullen is a great coach. Let's see what. What Jason wants to talk about real quick. Jason, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Good afternoon, guys. How are you guys doing it tonight? Good. I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah. What's on I your mind? I just want to piggyback on what Brian said about the last chance you, um, I lost it at, but the first day came out. I actually thought John, um, Franklin third was a better quarterback, um, but with what John, what Bryant said, um, the quarterback that was already there had more chemistry with the offense, and that's why he started. But Franklin started that last game and really lit up the road. Yeah, six touchdowns in one half, and then a, a brawl happened, and it, it ended the game. So. You got to get a chance to see John Franklin September third, nine p.m. Eastern, against Clemson. And you know what? If I'm a competitor, Jonathan, and I'm getting to go up against the best quarterback in the country, you know, I'm probably thinking I'm the best quarterback in the country if I'm John Franklin the third. That's how I want to think. That should be some fun football to watch week one. Oh, I agree. I mean, you're gonna have Franklin the third, who. I mean, you know he don't like Clemson. He went to Florida State. Uh, now he's at Auburn, so you know he's gonna have a little something for the Tigers. Um, you know, and he's gonna have that whole well, who's the best dual threat quarterback? Is it me or this guy? Well, I mean, that was mm-hmm. a challenge. So I'm I'm expecting something special from the young man. And like I said, I, I like him. I think he's a not only a good football player, but I think he's a good person. Um, so, and and I, I hope he succeeds. He was there when you when you beat Clemson. Um, he was a redshirt freshman when you beat the eyeballs out of Clemson, and Clemson was Jameis Winston's first year, right? Or am I missing? Um, or is that, that was the next year when you played Auburn? He was a freshman. Right? That was. I want to say he was a true freshman for the championship team, and he was a redshirt freshman for the Sean McGuire game. Okay. All right. Just want to throw that out there. 
so, Jason, you think Franklin the third is better? What do you think about this other kid going to Mississippi State? Does he have a chance to start to make Mississippi State better? I mean, he's a good quarterback. Well, he's, he's a walk on, and um, everybody knows that those um, the Bulldogs are trying to replace Dak Prescott, which um, after the one week of the preseason, probably the best-looking rookie quarterback of all of them. But, and who said uh-huh. that? Who, 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 who said that uh, Dak Prescott was going to be very valuable in the NFL, Jason? Who said that? I can't remember. I think I you did. You, I, I, I like Dick Prescott for the um <laughs> for, for the rest. Jack um, <laughs> Golf, he and Luke did loss out there. He, he is loss. He's a lost call. Yeah. And then you got Vince getting hurt already. Uh, what a bust. You're, you got you're Prescott. welcome. <laughs> uh, hey. Hey, we're we're just a bunch of nobodies over here. We don't know anything about any football. We just you got a no. redneck from Oregon, a red a redneck from Georgia, and a, or Alabama, a redneck from Florida. So that's all we are. You know, we don't <laughs> we don't we don't we don't know much about football. Do we do? Nah. You just throw some us at the board and hope it sticks. <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's all we do is study college football, study pro football. That's all we do. So we, you better listen to us instead of these little suits at ESPN and sit up there and, and read off a teleprompter. You better listen to us if you if you want to put some money down. I'm telling you, if I want to bet some cold hard cash on the Pac-12, well, Jason Humphrey is who I call. I say, Jason, who do you like today? Now I don't ask mm-hmm. Jason what he thinks about the SEC as much because that's my forte, but. You want to know Pac-12 football? Jason Humphrey's a man out there out west. How much do you study college football, Jason? How much do you study college football? I I study it pretty good. Um, um, As soon as I get my pill still, I'm reading it cover to cover, especially the Pac-12. I mean, the Pac-12 North is wide open this year. I'm talking about, why don't you write your own magazine? Forget Phil still. Forget Athlons. Forget those fools. Write your own and tell them, say, hey, I'm going to put mine right on the stand. I'm going to give it away, and we're going to see who's better at the end of the day. Okay, and I, I would oh. bet on you, Jason. I would, I would bet on you. As long as you're trying to pick Oregon, you're trying to pick Oregon, I'm going to watch out. But, but Jonathan, Jason put a comment yesterday on Facebook. I think he was drunk or high, but he said, Mike Helfrich will be the best coach of all time at Oregon. Oh, good Lord. Come on now. <laughs> I truly believe at the end of the day, after his career is all said and done, he will be the best best like a coach at all. So, has he made it some mistakes? Yes. Well, this is his first coaching job, and I think mean, he's doing good and he's at a minus right now. So. Well, I'll tell you this. What I'll tell you this, Jason, and, and when, when you're right and we're wrong, you can be the first one to come on this show and uh, tell us that we were wrong. We'll we'll accept it. Thanks for calling in, Jason. Stay right there. We'll bring you back. Um, Jonathan, Mike Elfrich being the best quarterback in Oregon history, man. I just can't. I can't see it. But how about that, that Prescott? How about, how about what what we talked about? These other guys. All we talked about was Wentz and. Golf, how great they were, and, and all this, and nobody was talking about Dak Prescott, but we in sports talk. 
and he looks good, man. Mm-hmm. He looks real good. Oh, he looks he looked excellent last night. It was funny. I'm watching the game, um, and all of a sudden I get a uh, I get I get a text from one of my buddies like, "Hey, is that that quarter of Mississippi State you've been talking about?" Yeah, what about him? He looks pretty good, doesn't he? I told you. That's how the conversation went. And, you know, his response was, nah, you did. I mean, I thought watching Prescott, especially his senior year, because his junior year, I didn't warm up to him as much. But his senior year in the last half, that last half in his senior year, man, he played so well. He looked so poised. This looked like a kid that you wanted to lead your program. And he's proven it for Dallas. I mean, the unfortunate reality is, they're stuck with Romo contract-wise till 2018. But Prescott, I mean, if Romo gets hurt, you have to feel comfortable handing it over to Prescott after that performance. And I know people are going to say, well, yeah. it's only a preseason game, but this guy's going to tear it up in camp as well. Yeah, look, look, his junior year, he couldn't make all the throws consistently. His senior year, he, you know, he can use his legs, but he chose not to. He chose to show the NFL that he could be a passing quarterback, and that's really what he is. He can run, you know. He, uh, he realizes if he's going to have a long, healthy life in the NFL, he's going to have to learn to throw the football. And he throws a pretty he throws a pretty ball. I mean, that's just all there is to it. He's smart. He started in the SEC. He's seen some of the most complicated defenses out there. He's played in bowl games. He understands. I mean, Dallas is very lucky to get this guy. I mean, to have a backup, yeah, Romo, you want him to be there. He's not at Romo's level yet, of course, but it's always good to know. What, what did Dallas do last year when Romo was out, by the way? They didn't win a game, did they? And what did won? I, I'm going to say, I think they won one. I mean, they, you know, they're rolling out there with who? Matt Castle, Brandon Whedon. You know, so having Prescott can be huge. He's a great safety valve for Romo because in the NFL, it's becoming very important to have a very good backup. A lot of teams want to make sure they have very good backups, whereas before it was, We'll have somebody, doesn't really matter. Now it seems like, well, wait a minute. Uh, so when you had the luxury of we have a kid backing up Romo that we're very comfortable with, because they've been trying to do that for a while. Stephen McGee was somebody that they were hoping would be Romo's backup for a long time, and he didn't pan out. Uh, you know, they were hoping they could resurrect Brandon Whedon, but the, the sad reality is he, he's, he's already up there in age. Um you know, so having Prescott, you know, A, he's great trade bait if you really need something. Um, but, B, he's a great safety valve. Yeah, I'm excited to see what he does. But, hey, what do we know? We just we just show up here and make these crazy predictions. And they're, they're right most of the time. But let's get in uh, preseason last night real quick. The Rams won their first game. We really know they didn't win the game. The Cowboys won. Cowboys rested a lot of players, didn't play Romo, Witten, uh, had a big lead. The Rams, without Gurley playing. What do you think about Goff, the quarterback, real quick? I mean, like Jason said, he looked lost last night. This is preseason. This is against the backups, backups, backups. And you look lost out there. And I remember watching uh, the show on HBO, Hard Knocks, the other night, and he threw like 12 interceptions in practice. So, uh, I don't know if he's ready for the NFL just yet. Yeah, I mean, as a rookie, it's going to take him some time to uh, to break in. Um, but, you know, it, the problems with golf are going to be the problems that everybody's had with uh, air raid system quarterbacks. And air, the problem with an air raid system quarterback uh, is that they're not used to line up under center. They're not used to 
uh, you know, making multiple reads. It's kind of been a hot read and then a safety valve. So we're we're really going to see uh, the test of what Fisher's offense can can do and how they can grow this kid. But you know, last night was not a very good first impression at all. Yeah, and preseason's preseason, guys. We, we just don't want to see anybody hurt. But we'll we'll talk some more football, NFL in a little while, of course. But let's jump right into the Big Ten, man, and let's let's look at how lopsided each division is. You know, if you're Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State, you've got to be pissed off that, you know, you're the top three teams in the conference, or supposedly the top three, and you're in the same division. It reminds me of the SEC, where you get the West, you know, probably – the top four teams could be the number one team in the East on most years and and, in most years. But Michigan State, Jonathan, the team that people talk about, and the first thing I did was I looked at their depth chart and who they got returning on offense, four, losing their quarterback, running back, their defense, they have five returning people. They're losing a lot of their secondary in front seven. But I went to their schedule, and I know Furman's not a tough game, but at Notre Dame, at Maryland, at, in, at Illinois, at Penn State. They do host Wisconsin, Northwestern, Michigan, and Ohio State. But this is if you're a Michigan State Spartan fan, Jonathan, out there, and you think you've got a shot this year to, to win the Big Ten, think again, you don't. This is going to be a tough year, a rebuilding year for Michigan State. And uh, I think probably 8-4, and 9-3 and three at the best. That's what I'm looking at. Not good enough to win that division and be a factor in the 14 playoff. What do you think about Michigan State? Uh, yeah, Michigan State's going. You know, their schedule does them no favors. Uh, I mean, the nice thing about playing that Notre Dame is they get the bye week the week before. Uh, they follow that up with Wisconsin, and Wisconsin's always seems to be a, a tough out. Um, you know, they get Northwestern for homecoming, but Northwestern's coming off a bye, and I think Northwestern could actually be uh, pretty decent this year. You know, their big thing is they get a lot of their big – you know, they get Ohio State and Michigan at home. That's the big thing. You know, as far as uh, the Big Ten schedule goes, they get probably the four toughest teams at home in Ohio State, Michigan, Northwestern, Wisconsin. I mean, it's available with Penn State at the end of the year. But like you said, they're replacing a whole heck of a lot of guys. I mean, it's never fun when you have to break in uh, a new quarterback. Uh, you know, I mean, you look at that offense, they're returning what, three linemen, and then we're kind of, you know, a running back, they should be okay uh, with L.J. Scott. He played well. Uh, but, you know, new Gerald receivers. Gerald oh, yeah, Gerald Holmes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so running back, they should be good. But, you know, you're breaking in, essentially, it's a whole new receiving core. Defensively, you have Malik McDowell, who's insanely talented, but a bunch of guys around who are upperclassmen, but they're, you know, they're, their first go-around in all reality is starting. Uh, you know, the cornerbacks are, are inexperienced. But, you know, the nice thing is it's a lot of upperclassmen, so you're going to have that veteran leadership, and you should have the poise. Uh, it's just can all these guys figure it out? Um, it's it's going to be a touch for Michigan State. I still think they're the third best team in the conference. Yeah, well, and they could be. We'll we'll, we'll have to find out about that. Um, Michigan State, we both agree, will finish probably third in that division on that side. The Michigan Wolverines. This is a team I see at number three overall in some polls, and I'm like, oh, let's hold our horses just a minute. Let's back up. But 
that's just backup. I know Jim Harbaugh's a great coach, Jonathan, but you lose your quarterback. Um, and last year was kind of, to me, a fluke in a way. I think people expected them to stop. But they do bring, they do lose their left tackle. But look at this week's schedule. Hawaii, UCF, and Colorado. Those are your out-of-conference nightmares right there, okay? That's 3-0 and probably combined 120 to 10, okay? But on the road, at Rutgers, at Michigan State, at Iowa, at Ohio State. So Iowa's going to be a pretty good team. Ohio State, we know they've got some revenge on their mind. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough to say about Michigan. Looking at that weak schedule, though, it's hard to, to go less than 10-2, 9-3, but I don't see them making a the playoff, man. I just don't. Not with a new quarterback, not with J.C. Barrett at Ohio State or the Meyer. Uh, wanting to make a push right now. I think Michigan's a little overhyped this year. What are your thoughts? You know, Michigan's a team that, that I like. I got a buddy who works uh, for uh, that football staff, and we've been talking a little bit here and there. And, uh, you know, I mean, offensive line, insanely talented. There's no no doubt about it. Uh, it's funny. I actually know their, their projected starting center. He went to a Marava High School. Um, Mason Cole. Uh, yeah, Mason Cole from Eastlake High School. He's Artavis to Scott's teammate, George Campbell's teammate. Um, I mean, that, that that team produced some some talented kids. Um, and, you know, you look at Michigan, though, oh, Corn's probably going to start. I, I'm willing to say 90% chance Joe Corn, uh, John O'Corn, the transfer from Houston, going to start. Um, he will have some weapons between Darbo, Chesson, and Butt. I mean, that that's going to be a big help. we got a really good running back in Devion Smith. I think Michigan offensively is going to be okay if O'Corn steps up and does what he needs to do. Uh, on that D-line, I, I think they're going to be all right. Secondary is going to be interesting uh, to see how that all plays out. But the guy that I'm watching is Jabril Peppers. You know, that's the guy that, you know, just super talented. Everybody's trying to – everybody's waiting to see him show up and shine. And they're moving him essentially to that star position where he's going to be at that linebacker-safety hybrid – you know, I, I think it's a good idea for him to try and get him more involved. If you think he's your best player, you got to, uh, especially on defense, you got to try and get him uh, in the game unless you can. Um, so I'm interested to see how big of an impact Peppers makes on that defense because uh, if that doesn't work yeah. out, you know, their linebackers are a little are very suspect other than him. Well, before we 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 down Michigan too much. You know, on my side, Ohio State returns three offensive starters and three defensive starters, and they have a trip to Norman. They have to go to Wisconsin. They have to go to Penn State. They have to go to Maryland and at Michigan State. That's five road games uh, with a very, very inexperienced team. Yes, they're talented, no doubt. Ohio State has talent. The Jonathan with three returning starters on each side of the ball and losing both the kicker and punter. I mean, with that schedule, and we're talking, let me repeat it again, the road games at Oklahoma, at Wisconsin, at Penn State, at Maryland, and at Michigan State, end your season at home against Michigan, that's, that's a tough schedule for Ohio State. And that's what makes the difference between Michigan and Ohio State. It could come down to that last game. But Ohio State's got their work cut out for them before they host Michigan. I really do. I mean, Ohio State's insanely talented. Uh, the receivers have never really been a big impact in, in Urban Meyer's system. That's just part nature of the beast with him. 
uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. They're breaking a new running back. Um, I know there was talk of Brownte Dunn. There's talk of Mike Weber. Uh, you know, guy, guys like they are very talented. They're they're always getting the highly recruited running backs. So I'm not too worried about what they got going on there. It's kind of like Alabama. You know, you never really worry about the running back because they're probably going to have. You know, you got two good ones and you got two more good ones right behind them. Uh, offensive lines, I'm looking at Ohio State. I mean, for Ohio State, I'm looking at the offensive line. And I'm trying to see, you know, yeah, you got your center and your right guard coming back, but how are the tackles going to play? Uh, defensively, I mean, essentially it's a brand-new secondary. And that, that's going to be interesting. Luckily, they would turn McMillan on defense at middle linebacker kit stud. So it would be interesting to see uh, how that front seven does, knowing that they returned him. Oh, well. You returned two of your top seven. I'll do front seven. Two players off your front seven, Jonathan, you lose. That's all you get. I mean, here, here's where I say the reason why I think Michigan thinks – wow. Uh, the reason why I think people think so highly of Michigan is because um, they look at Ohio State and go, well, they're replacing a lot. I mean, yeah, they return Barrett, but not a lot around him, not a lot defensively. You look at Michigan State and go, wow, they're replacing a lot. Look at Michigan and go, they're bringing back a good chunk. And, you know, that the big the big thing is going to be to see how this schedule does shape out. Like I said, they got to go to Norman. They have to go to uh, Camp Randall. They have to go to Happy Valley. Uh, you know, so at, at this point in time, we're, we're sitting there looking at it going, can Ohio State run the table and, and get uh, undefeated to that game against Michigan? If they can, then they got a shot to make the playoff. If not, you know, you got to give Michigan the edge. Yeah, I don't think they'll be undefeated, but they still are at home. And they could, could Ohio State cost the Big Ten a spot in the Final Four? Yes. I mean, could they? Yeah, and that's what you have to worry about. Like a two-loss Ohio State team beats up a one-loss Michigan team, and it's over for the Big Ten. I'm sorry, but... Let's let's flip over to the, the the other side of the division with the Iowa Hawkeyes. You look at this schedule. I mean, good lord! If Auburn had this schedule, I'd go ahead and book my plane ticket right now uh, to wherever it's going to be. I think it's in Atlanta this year, maybe one of the final four is. But they play Miami of Ohio at home, Iowa State, North Dakota State at Rutgers, Northwestern, at Minnesota, at Purdue, Wisconsin, at Penn State, Michigan, at Illinois, Nebraska. I mean, I can see 7-0 and right there before the Wisconsin game, Iowa. 7-0. And, you know, mm-hmm. in a weak, weak conference and division right there, what do you think about Iowa? They're going to be the team, I think, that ends up representing this side, uh, the West, to be able to play Ohio State and Michigan. Give me your thoughts on Iowa. I was a very talented team. Uh, I've been keeping my eye on them for the past couple of years. Um, the year before last, I thought they were going to make a run, and they didn't. And then, of course, last year made the run. I was a year too early on them. Oh, Stanford beat the breaks off. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, this, this, this Iowa team <laughs> is in an easy division. Their schedule shapes up real nice. You get Iowa State at home, you get Wisconsin at home, you get Michigan at home. Right, those are huge games to get at home. I mean, people look at Iowa State and go, well, that's the – well, that rivalry game is 
strange. It's very heated and very odd how that game turns out. Usually the teams ain't supposed to win a win. It'll be a tight game. Um, well, then, you know, just well, then uh, Iowa the State. Game. Yeah, okay. for the Sahawk Trophy. Um, and now they did do a good job at home, especially when, like, Michigan comes to town, um, when Wisconsin comes to town. There's, like, some weird magic going on there in the middle of those cornfields. So I, I I would say that Iowa can make a run this year. They could be your surprise team to make the playoff. Uh, if they can beat Michigan and they can beat Wisconsin, this could be a team that could yeah. win the Big Ten and make the playoff, oddly enough. But do you put them in the playoff after watching Stanford pull down their pants and still drag them? I mean, we have no, about 29 points. It's been, I don't care. But it's still it's in the minds of the committee, right? You think about that. Iowa went 10-0. They were 11-0 last year. Or no, they finished 12-0. And then they played Michigan State in the title game and lost by three. That was a phenomenal football game. And then they got blown out by Stanford. But it was easy to see. The only team they played that year was Michigan State, really. And they beat them. Or they lost by three. And then when they played Stanford, a team better than Michigan State, in my opinion, they, they got blew out. So, Looking at Iowa's schedule, they don't play Ohio State. They don't play Michigan. Yeah, they do play Michigan, but they don't play any tough road games, really. At Illinois, at Penn State, at Minnesota, at Purdue, at Rutgers. I mean, that's just not, to me, a tough one. So if, if I was representing the the Big Ten West in that conference game, and they just say they're one loss and they end up beating uh, Ohio State and Michigan, I just couldn't put them in the playoffs. Unless I see them on the field showing they can dominate, but they showed that last year. Look what happened to them when they finally played a couple of teams that were better. Well, I mean, everybody was kind of suspect with Iowa last year just from the standpoint of, you know, they beat Pitt by three, they beat Wisconsin by four, they beat Illinois by nine, they beat Indiana by eight, Minnesota five, Nebraska eight. You know, everybody's like, well, they're playing a lot of tight, close games. Are they actually discussed? This is the debate that people had about Florida State in 2014. Is Florida State actually that good? Now, I think what we all saw, especially with Ohio State last year, was look, defending champs are going to get those, those get that's get that next season's going to be tough. Uh, so we're going to give them a benefit of the doubt on it. But with Iowa, everybody, you know, everybody really there's no benefit of that. Everybody really questioned the, the way Stanford just skull drug them. They're like, well, wait a minute, you know how you know how good is Iowa? And then it's like, well, really, how good is the Big Ten then? Because there was a conversation last year where it's like, oh, the Big Ten's really good, and you're like, well, Michigan State beat them by three, and they beat Iowa, they beat Ohio State by what three in, a, in what seemed like a fluke game, and they beat Michigan on a fluke. Right. So it's like, how good is Michigan State? You know, like, well, wait a second, Michigan State ain't that good. So, you know, it's like, well, who, you know, so maybe there's only two good teams. And Ohio State, you know, was able to pull away from Michigan. And you're like, okay, maybe Ohio State was the best team in Big Ten last year. We didn't really get a team there and showcase that in the playoffs. So, it was – and the Big Ten's weird, man. It's it's just a weird conference. So see, every time you I'll think it's you. deep, it's shallow. If Ohio State makes that playoff and plays Alabama, I think they beat Alabama last year. I mean – that you saw, I mean, one of the best bowl games was Notre Dame and Ohio State. Would you agree? I mean, that was one of the most mm-hmm. fought-after football games to watch. And I think Ohio State took them behind the woodshed, didn't they, if I recall correctly? Yeah, 44-28. And Quinn just hung out when we said that. 
Queens just hung out. Queens, come back, man. We, this is the truth, man. <laughs> they suck. Another day. That's who we're talking about here. Well, Ottawa, I like them in a way. Their defense, their turn eight. They got the quarterback back. They got the, almost their entire offensive line. They just right guard and tackle. Five tackles missing a little bit. But, again, their schedule will allow them to create depth on that team. And could be a good team, fun team to watch with a senior quarterback coming back. You know they're well coached. So I'm excited to see. Uh, but is there another team in there in that division? I know we got the Gophers, Jason Minton's team. I think I don't think they're going to be that good, to be honest with you. Uh, I think Nebraska is probably the only team that I could imagine in this division winning it besides Iowa. I can't imagine anybody but Iowa, but if there was another team, Nebraska, look at that schedule. They got a tough one, Fresno State, Wyoming, and Oregon. And then they go to Northwestern, Indiana, Wisconsin, Ohio State, and Iowa. That's a tough schedule Nebraska's got to face. Even out of conference, you look at that. At home, even if it's at home, they still play Oregon, and that's going to be tough. And the next week you turn around and go to Northwestern. But Nebraska, by the month of end of September, we'll know about how good they are. Won't we? If they're four and zero, watch out for Nebraska. But I have a good feeling they're going to be two and two after after it's all said and done. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Nebraska is the next best team in that conference. I mean, in that division, um, it'll be interesting to see, like you said, how they're hanging around. You know, after if they can beat Oregon and Northwestern, then all of a sudden you're like, well, wait a minute. You know, this schedule starts to shape up kind of nice for them. They don't have to play nobody until they get Wisconsin, Ohio State back-to-back road games. So they they could have a nice little a nice little run there. I mean, a team that I always like to keep an eye on is Wisconsin, uh, but Wisconsin's got a murderous row. You know, they got LSU. They're, they get at Michigan State, at Michigan, and Ohio State. Uh, you know, three out of four. Oh my God! I mean, that that's oh brutal. Yeah, That's so terrible. Whoever made that schedule needs to be needs to be shot if you're Wisconsin. I don't know what they're trying to do, but hey, I, I think Wisconsin could pull that upset week one over LSU. Oh yeah, I mean with the game being in Green Bay, yeah, I think it could be done. I mean, goodness, I mean, you look at It'll Wisconsin's schedule, man. Look at this. The, think about this: Michigan State at Michigan, Ohio State at Iowa, Nebraska. Five games in six weeks. They're going to buy week between Michigan and Ohio State. I mean, good God, man. That's that's just mean. Yeah, that's rude. I mean, you got to play LSU. And, and here's the problem about playing LSU in week one. And you know these last mile teams, they're very physical. They're going to line up and run the ball at you down your throat. And, and they're not going to spread you out and do this. They're going to punish you. So now you get to – luckily you play Akron and Georgia State after that. Before you play at Michigan State, at Michigan, Ohio State, at Iowa, Nebraska. I mean, before you start murderers row right there. I mean, September 24th, I want to see some blogs with the Wisconsin fans from the September 24th on through October 22nd or 29th. Hey, it could be, you know, this is my last day I'm going to live here. I'm, I may just jump because that's what's going to happen. And, you have to worry if you're Wisconsin. How much does LSU mean to you compared to the rest of your season? Because how many players are you going to lose that first week playing LSU? Fournette's a beast. To, to stop him, you're going to have to, to get two or three or four people to bring him down constantly. And I just feel like Wisconsin better be careful. They could lose the season before it even starts. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. That's going to be a very physical game. I mean, you're talking about two teams that like to line up smash mouth around the football. You could definitely uh, see somebody, uh, you know, a team lose a guy or two. Uh, you know, I want to say Wisconsin lost to safety last year in their opener. So it's going to be interesting uh, to see how all that um, all that shapes out. I mean, you got to give it up to Wisconsin, though. They don't back away. This will be the second time they played LSU. They played Alabama last year, all to open the season, neutral site. You know, they, they don't shy away from playing anybody. And I definitely got to, you know, tip my cap to them on that. But when does that become counterproductive? Yeah, when they play bad lines, they play LSU, they play anybody, anywhere. And I do respect Wisconsin. They beat us a couple of years ago in a great game. I, I just can't stand Barry Alvarez, though. I saw him, I'd slap his bald head. I would. I just can't stand it. Can't stand mm-hmm. that. Uh, uh, sorry for that. Purdue is irrelevant, right? I mean, Purdue's Purdue. They're going to be terrible. But I think. A team that takes a step back, and I know Jason's not going to like this, is Minnesota. I think I think they may finish fifth or sixth in this division. And they return seven starters on both sides of the ball. I just think their coach is gone. I just don't think they they really have it, man. They're just a very kind of slow, non-athletic team. Um, what do you think about Minnesota? What's the best-case best scenario for them? I just think they're struggling this year. Oh, you know, I think with uh, with, with Minnesota, you know, with, it's going to be a Tracy Clay's first year, and you know, he took over uh, for uh, the, you know their coach last year. Um, and I heard, I heard he's a jerk. I heard he's a jerk too. I heard he's a true jerk, but just a well, person. You know, luckily they they get they get Oregon State at home. You know, and then they get Indiana State and Colorado State at home. You know, they got to go to Penn State for the first conference game. Uh, they got to go to Nebraska. They got to go to Wisconsin. They got Iowa at home. So they can they can be in a tough end for a tough year. Uh, you know, I, I would say Minnesota five and seven or six and six. I mean, heck, last year they went five and seven and they made a bowl game. So who knows how uh, how that will turn out for them? But you know, I just think this is a team that. And you know they're going to be you know hovering right around that 500 line for for a while until they can really uh, get their foot in the door with some recruiting or get some light in the bottle, you know. Because I just think that that they're the, the years where they had guys like Marion Barber and guys like that, where it was like, oh, Minnesota is going to win eight games, nine games, going to win the ball down your throat. They're gone because they're not getting the running backs they used to. Not you know they really haven't gotten a quarterback that can consistently perform. Yeah, let's, let me let me take you into uh, the recruiting of the Big Ten real quick. Um, Ohio State won the recruiting battle in the Big Ten, followed by Michigan, of course. Penn State three, Michigan State four, Nebraska five, Wisconsin six, Maryland seven, Iowa eight. Iowa being able to do what they're doing with getting. So I mean, you're talking about Big Ten. We're not talking about eighth in the SEC, which is usually tenth nationally. We're talking about eighth in the Big Ten. And uh, one thing that the Minnesota 9, Northwestern 10, Indiana, Illinois, Rutgers, Purdue, that I'll tell you about how it's going to go right there. Just by looking at recruiting in the Big Ten, how big it is. But all I want you Big Ten fans to know out there is you're not as good as you think you are right now as a conference. You're, you're hoping that Michigan and Harbaugh win the Big Ten this year and they represent you in the playoffs. Because what can happen is at the end of the year, 
a two-loss Ohio State team come in and beat you. And when I say two-loss, I mean one to Oklahoma and one in conference. They beat you. They actually go to the Big Ten championship game and win it. I'm not saying that Ohio State couldn't make the playoff, but I'm just saying be careful that is that great conference you talking about may not be represented. I don't know if a, a two-loss Ohio State team would go. It just depends on, again, Jonathan, how good Iowa is. If they do beat Iowa and they play them, how bad they lose to Oklahoma. And, and another thing, who else did they lose to during the year? Because I think Ohio State loses two or three games this year. But I also think Michigan, you better be careful. I mean, they're not as great as you think they are. they got a great head coach. They're a good team, but be careful is all I'm saying, Jonathan, out there. Just be careful before you start pickling in two teams in the playoffs for the Big Ten. I just wanted to give everybody some warning. I felt like I owed them that. You ever felt like you owed someone something? Uh, yeah. Like, hey, there's a murderer around the corner. Hey, Freddy Krueger's around the corner. Watch out. He's going to get you. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know if I owe the Big Ten anything. But that's a conference that has been gun shy about scheduling Florida State uh, for a while. I mean, uh, the 1991 um, game against Michigan, where uh, Terrell Buckley opened it up in the Big House with a pick six. Uh, ever since that game, it seemed like the Big Ten kind of uh, looks the other way when Florida State comes a knocking. So I don't ever feel bad for them. I will say they got, they got three great coaches. And Antonio Harbaugh and Meyer. When's Notre Dame going to grow a set and join a conference? Well, it's interesting because in the new ACC network, uh, Notre Dame cannot join a conference other than the ACC until 2032 unless they – Right. And the deal with the ACC network is if they join another conference – they actually have to give a percentage of their TV money to the ACC every year until 2032. So I could see them becoming a full member of the ACC, uh, but up until – I mean, they should have joined the Big Ten a long time ago. Uh, I don't know why they never did. Here's how you put a stop to this. You know, here's how you do it, right here. The committee comes out before the year starts and says, the criteria, if you're going to be in a national – if you're going to be in the playoff, you have to be in a major conference. Or you have to be in a conference. Let's just put it that way. You may be in Conference USA, for all I care. But you have to be in a conference. That's the number one criteria. Well, automatically, Notre Dame, BYU. Is BYU in a conference or are they still independent? I can't remember. I think they're uh, – yeah, they're in the conference. They're still independent. BYU. Yeah, they're okay. still independent. Yeah, they, they want to go to the Big 12, but, but the Big 12 don't want them. So. We're about eight minutes oh, yeah. away from our guests coming on. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm just tired of Notre Dame. So they're thinking they play a tough schedule every year because they schedule Purdue and Navy and Air Force and Marines and National Guard. I'm just, I'm, I'm just tired of it. Yeah, they don't play SDS schools, but, yeah, they don't play anybody. They play Texas this year, which is not that great. And then who do they play? When they play somebody, they play Ohio. Who do they play? I just mentioned Michigan State. Well, they're, they're down this year, but I guess they play tougher opponents. They don't play any SDS schools, so they don't play anybody like it just blows you off the screen, really. I mean, I was impressed one year they played Florida State. Uh, that was mine. Well, I mean, you know, they're Florida State in 14, Clemson in 15. I mean, this year 
They're going to Texas. They're getting Michigan State at home. They're going to North Carolina State. I don't care what anybody says. It's tough playing in Raleigh. Uh, you get Stanford at home. You get Miami at home. They have Navy, Navy and Army back-to-back. Um, the Navy game's actually in Jacksonville this year. That's interesting. Uh, they get Virginia Tech at home, and they're at USC. So it's like the schedule, you know, it looks good on paper. But when the season starts to play out, you sit there and go, yeah, this wasn't as hard as y'all thought it was going to be, was it? Yeah, that's one of the joint conference, and it can be on the, on the same equal footing with everybody else instead of another game to lose four and still be in the conversation kind of thing. I'm just just joint a conference, man. You're not better than anybody else. It's like Texas with their own network that really calls the demise of the Big 12. It calls some of their teams and say, screw y'all, I'm out. You know, I mean, it's, it's just, I just don't like it. I don't like Notre Dame being able to just call the shots the way they want to and schedule who they want to, get all their revenue and, and want, want a piece of the pie at the end. That's not how it works. But in Jonathan, five minutes. To familiarize everybody, Zach Allen, he's a coach with Jones County Bobcats. They're the UCO World Series champions. I actually got to watch this for most of it. I watched a few games, not all of them, but this is a team we're going to talk to Zach about. They lost the first or their second game in the tournament. And when you get in the loser's bracket, Jonathan, you know how tough that can be in the World Series and baseball. Uh, it's win or go home once you're at that point. But this team reeled off four or five straight wins in order to be World Series champion. So that's what we're going to talk about next when he gets on here. But I mean, what conference would you like to talk about Wednesday night? Well, I mean. I don't want to break down teams. I want to talk conference. Well, when we've done the Big Ten, um, so, you know, I mean, if you want to keep with it, we could do the Pac-12. Uh, definitely make that a big show for Jason. <laughs> we kind of yeah, look to him a lot. You know, I mean, I don't know yeah. about you, but I kind of want to save the ACC and FCC for last. Well, that's usually what you do with the best, isn't it? You know, the saying, you save the best for last. Oh, yeah, exactly. Well, that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk to Pac-12 Wednesday. And then stay tuned uh, for coming up. But, again, we're we're about to get into our NFL talk. I didn't want to start too early. I want to see a couple of these. I want to see a couple of these teams play, even if it's preseason. I just want to see how some of their rookies are looking, how their quarterbacks look, some injuries. Um, the NFL is going to be exciting this year. We, you know, I, I like Carolina, of course. I think they're probably a 12-14. and 14. Um, I think they win their division. New England, how are they? We'll talk about how are they going to navigate those four games without Brady uh, and what do they need to do in order to stay afloat in order to be playing in the playoffs. And the AFC the West, Jonathan, Sonny and I talked about it this morning. It's a, you got Kansas City, Oakland, San Diego, and uh, Denver. I mean, is there a possibility that Denver finishes dead last in that AFC West? I mean, they, they have no offense. But Fumble Sanchez is your quarterback. Ah, it'll be interesting to see when they decide to uh, break in uh, the rookie packs in Lynch. Uh, that defense is going to continue to be good. That's that's one thing that you know there 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 is something that you know you can just kind of hedge on. Uh, 
is the fact that you know that defense is very talented. They got a lot of playmakers on it. You know, offensively, you know, I almost think Kubiak's system could actually work in their favor. Um, but I don't think they finish last. I, I think San Diego. I, I look at San Diego, and I just see such a lack of talent. Yeah, I agree. I put them at. I put them finishing third. I think. I think I like Kansas City there until Oakland shows me they can win it. You know, everybody's high on Oakland right now, but Kansas City's been there before. They're a good regular season team. I have a little more faith in them, Jonathan, winning it. Oakland finishing second. Denver finishing third. Followed by San Diego is terrible. That drop off. They're usually a nine, ten win team. And then eight-man team, something like that, they fell all the way off last year. And I just don't know if there's any getting back on the train tracks right now until they do something. I like Rivers. He's not a terrible quarterback. But San Diego is the most disappointing team I've ever seen year in and year out. They have what it takes, for the most part, to compete and make the playoffs win the Super Bowl. But they always fall short, don't they? It just seems like something always pops up. Oh, it, it never fails. San Diego always finds a way to uh, screw the pooch in the biggest moments. I mean, you know, when they had Tomlinson and, and guys like that there were, you know, this team was insanely talented. Antonio Gates in his prime, Rivers in his, in his prime, they had Vincent Jackson. They just couldn't uh, – and Sean Merriman, you know, they just couldn't figure it out. So it's it's, it's definitely, uh, definitely a team that tends to disappoint the fan base more often than not. Yeah. We're going to see – we're going to see all about it. Zach's about to call in right now. And if you'd like to call in and listen, 646-716-5564. We may go a little bit after that interview with Zach. Um, let's talk a little bit more NFL. But the Olympics is something, Jonathan. I watched a little volleyball yesterday. I watched uh, the uh, the 26-mile event this morning, the, the person from Kenya winning it. So that ain't surprise a, a lady from Kenya winning the uh, winning the event. No, not you know, and not really. I mean, seems to be something that uh, that country dominates uh, time in and time again. Um, you know, I mean, you got to give it up to them. They, they got they got heck of athletes for um, for the long distance uh, running events. They do well. Well, we're about to bring on our guest, and uh, Jonathan, I'll let you ask some questions as well. Once I'm finished, if you'd like to, for Zach, Zach the coach for the Jones County Bobcats, the JUCO World Series winners. One thing interesting about Zach is he actually played for a World Series and he's coached in one. But let's bring him on right now. Zach, how are you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for joining us. I'm going to silent Jonathan right now, the co-host, and bring him on. Hope all is well. How long does it feel since you you got that ring on your finger. How long ago? Well, we uh we won the World Series in uh May, late May. We uh we actually just now are getting uh ordering the ring, so we ain't quite put them on yet. But uh we got the design done and we're getting all the ring sizes and getting them ready and give them out of the football game in about three weeks. And 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 what year was it that you played actually at all the World? You made it to the World Series. What year was that? Was that fourteen? Uh. 2011. Oh, I'm sorry. See how time flies, man. Yeah, 2011. 2011 I, was a, I was a freshman, uh, second baseman on the World Series team. We came in second. So you were the leadoff hitter, too, correct? Correct. Yeah. 
All right. Well, with that, thanks for joining us tonight. We just wanted to, to talk about this season. It's the season you had, this great season, record-setting season. Talk about you as a coach and what's going on right now at Jones County. Tell, tell everybody out there that's listening that's not familiar with Jones County, where are you guys located? Um, all right, we are located in about central Mississippi, or about central uh, Hattiesburg, about 15 minutes north of Hattiesburg. That's probably the biggest city that's around us. Um, we had a movie, you know, the Free State of Jones movie just came out, and that's based on uh, actually where we're from. So if you if anybody's seen that Free State of Jones, that's where uh, Jones County Junior College is located in Ellisville, Mississippi. That's good. I did watch that movie, but I did not know that. Um, Tell us about the position you coach right now on the team and, 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 main, and, and really your main responsibilities as a team. Well, I, uh, my main responsibility, I'm going to be the uh, infield coach and the uh, hitting coach. I uh, coach first base and the base runners as well. So uh, I got my hand in a little bit of everything um, as well as recruiting. Right now uh, during the summer, big recruiting time for us right now. There's a little bit of field work that needs to be done, but a lot of recruiting every weekend. So is your recruiting, is it is it more local to the state of Mississippi, or how far do you go out yeah. and recruit players? Um, most of it's a uh, local Mississippi deal. Uh, the way our junior college system is set up, um, we're Division two, So in Mississippi, in our conference, you can only have four out-of-staters. So uh, you got to pull, you got a 30-man roster, 26-year guy got to come from in-state, and then uh, four come from out-of-state. So we try to... Uh, we try to keep our out-of-staters, you know, within Alabama, Louisiana, uh, Tennessee, and a little bit of Texas. So we cover that cover that area. We can pretty much pull our 30-man roster out of those uh, states there. And I'm sure – I know you can't probably talk about names or anything, but how much – how big was the win that World Series? What kind of impact is that going to have on recruiting for this upcoming year and years to come? Now, for our, for our out-of-staters, you know, we – we can get those, you know, we got the four outstaters, and those pretty much got to be like guys for us, you know, that are going to come in and make a big impact for us. And uh, ever since we've gotten back, we've got some phone calls uh, every day. There's a new guy uh, asking what he can do to get a tryout or get a look at. So it's helped us out a tremendous bit. That's awesome to know. Give us a history of, of really of your school here. I mean, how long have you played baseball? How long has it been in existence? And, and I, I think this year, and also discussed the wins, I think you set a record for number of wins in a season, if I'm not mistaken. Right, yeah, we, uh, this past season was a pretty pretty good record setting year all around. Um, we started the year off uh, with the longest win streak in school history, uh, 17 straight games to start the year off. And then uh, our ending record ended up being 54-9. and nine. So it was the least losses in school, school record, and it was the most wins, 54. Um, it was an awesome year. Those guys really uh, really got after it. Um, we had, I think, two of the top ten batting averages in the uh, country, two of our guys, our first baseman, Eric Hoard, our third baseman, Tanner Huddleston. Um, one of them had 19 home runs, hit three eighty for us. The other kid had 13 home runs, 92 RBI, and uh, hit about 394. So both of those guys, one of them broke the home run record, and one of them broke the uh, RBI record. So it was pretty, pretty impressive. So, so to win the, to make it to the World Series, 
you had to you, you had to win region twenty three, right? You couldn't finish second Correct. in that. If you didn't win your region, you couldn't advance. Correct. So we get to the regional, and uh, it's fifteen teams from Mississippi can uh, have the possibility of getting that regional, as well as LSU Eunice out of uh, Eunice, Louisiana. Well, there's three teams from Mississippi that make it, and then Eunice is automatically in. It's a region twenty three rule. Um, that's a whole other conversation to have, but so they're <laughs> automatically in, and us three come into it playing. Well, we went into it as the number two team in the country. Eunice was the number one team in the country. Um, how it how the brackets set up? First game of the regional, we played Eunice and beat them nine to three. And then we ended up actually losing our second game in the regional and coming back out of the losers bracket and beating a uh, in-state rival twice to uh, go to the World Series. Wow, that's sweet. Not only did you beat LSU units, but you beat your rival twice. That's, that's tough for them to swallow, isn't they getting double-dipped? Oh, there's no doubt. Because, you know, we have a – we also have a – before the regional, your first, you got a first round of playoffs. There's a two out of three against another team from in-state. We won that. Well, there's a state tournament where four teams from Mississippi play for that, and the top three teams from that go to the regional. So in the state tournament, we actually got beat by our in-state rival pretty much for the state championship, but we all got to go to the regional. So we got to redeem ourselves and beat them to go to the World Series. So that was pretty uh, pretty good feeling as well. Yeah, they beat you twice in that tournament before the regional, but to get them back, it was, man. I mean, they beat you three times in a row. And yeah, they beat, beat us. Uh, the most. Yeah, they beat us. Uh, they walked off on us. We were actually up eight to one. They came back and beat us nine to eight, the first game. Then we were up eight to three. Came back and beat us nine to eight again in the state tournament. So we're like, okay. Then we played them in the regional. We're up again on them, and they come back and beat us. So it was just kind of we had our number for those three games straight. But it was it was you know you never have a good loss, but it kind of was a good loss for our team because we were kind of rolling through everybody and. uh I mean, at that point we were forty-eight and six, hadn't lost too many, so it kind of put a chip on their shoulder, and they uh, they responded well to it. Well, I don't want to you know, jump ahead to the World Series, and we're about to, but it just seemed like looking over your schedule, looking at the regionals, you played a lot tougher competition than you did almost in the World Series. It was like Mississippi's loaded with 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 talent at the JUCO level right here, just looking at your schedule. But let's go to the World Series right quick. And your first game, Nick uh, McHenry out of Illinois, you beat them. You're feeling good. But Gateway, if I'm not mistaken, were, were they the team undefeated coming in to this World Series and lost the game? They had lost – I think they had only, they lost four or five. They hadn't lost many. Um, they were up – but uh, we played them that second game, and they got us. We had to turn yeah, around and come out to the bracket well. again. So how did your guys feel after – I mean, you've been there before, obviously, the, the in the region before you were in the losers bracket, won three straight to win it. How instrumental was that regional, getting in the losers bracket and winning those three, especially two against your rival? How much confidence did that give you when you lost the gateway, knowing that you could still come back and win that stuff? Well, it bolstered those guys a lot because the games that uh, – those three games against East Central that we uh, we lost and then – the gateway game, we had leads in every one of them. It was just we, uh, our back end of the bullpen kind of, they didn't fill the zone up kind of how they should, and it just 
it got out of hand and they came back and got us. But we all we knew our offense was going to be there all year, and it was just how our pitching would respond. Well, once we lost in that game against Gateway and then or the games against East Central, you know, we had a kid throw against East Central for the regional championship, go nine complete and just shut them down completely. It's like, you know, that loss really just got a fire under them, and they really went off with it. Yeah, and after you lost, you beat Brunswick, Gateway, St. Clair, and then you finished up. I watched your last two games. Uh, you just killed Gateway 7-1. and It's just, well, watching that last game, it just looked like you had that game before it started. I could see the body language. As an athlete, baseball player myself, never at the college level, though, but I can tell you when, when a team feels intimidated or they feel like they're going to lose. Gateway looked like they were going to lose that game, Zach. They just looked like you guys had them intimidated. Well, the cool, one cool thing about that national championship game was uh, the starting pitcher, Ben Stalix. He went nine complete and shut Gateway down. Well, he started against Gateway that second game when we lost, and he he pitched one inning, gave up four, and we pulled him. So he got a little redemption <laughs> against him as well. And you talk about, you know, having being locked in and all that and seeing it in somebody's eyes. That kid was really just sitting there and knew he was about to pitch the national championship game. And, you know, he left it all out there. It was awesome. I'm going to let, if you don't mind, I'm going to let Jonathan. Jonathan, do you have any questions for Zach before I ask a couple more? Uh, yeah. Hey, Zach, how you doing? Um, you know, I was just, I'm looking everything over. Like you said, your offense looked like it was rolling all year. Uh, and, you know, obviously your pitching uh, had, had its struggles. There's, there's no doubt about that. I was wondering, you know, looking at it all throughout the whole season, who might have been that best team that you played outside of Gateway? Because obviously Gateway is one of the better teams. They played you off for the title. But looking at it top and bottom, who, who might have been that, uh, that second best team uh, that really, you know, you all thought, you know, if we, you know this, this team's got a chance to make a run if we don't get at it? Uh, probably going into that regional play in LSU Unis. Um, they've had the tradition. Um, I think they've won three of the last six national championships coming out of our region. Um, they always have a very stout pitching, and they can swing it, and they got some D1 fallbacks and all that. So we know that's a team. Um, we don't play them during the season, but we know we're going to see them in that regional. And, you know, you really got to get after it when you play those guys. They're a good bunch, and they're coached well. And, you know, that's that's probably the best. That's the second-best team we played. Uh, yeah, I gotta imagine. I, uh, you know, looking at the rankings, seemed like they were pretty highly ranked uh, heading into that. Now, right, uh, they, they were one all. They were one all year. Yeah, from I mean, first, I, from the first ranking all the way to the last one, they were one. Or I mean, that's, got, that's gotta be one. something that you went at them and, and took took them down on, uh, like y'all did. You know, now. Looking at it, though, just looking at the experience of being in the World Series, you know, I imagine, um, you know, that for the, your players, this is this was their first time, uh, if I'm not mistaken. How, how did a lot of them uh, react and respond to to being in such a a big moment? Was there a couple eyes wide moments, or did everybody hold their composure pretty well for the most part? They had the eyes wide moment happened in that gateway game we lost. It got it got the game got kind of fast for our guys and. Um, they didn't respond well, but after that they slowed it down. And you know they knew they were the best team going into it. Um, we, like I said, that we started on our pitching staff this year. You know we play double headers every game, so uh, you got to have two starters each date. Um, three of our four starters were freshmen. 
on our pitching staff, eight of our ten pitchers were freshmen, and then we had uh, we only had three sophomores in the infield playing. So we were very freshman heavy. Yeah, I gotta imagine uh, for those freshmen, definitely a big moment. Uh, you know, it's like it's just an amazing. Amazing season you guys had. Got to congratulate you on that. I mean, there, there's no doubt about it. Whenever you're a champion, uh, it's kind of kind of hard to uh, say that anybody's any better. Uh, now, look, looking at it, how how much in the way of guys are you losing as far as graduation uh, to draft and maybe a transfer? Are you looking at a lot of turnover? Are you looking at a lot of very minimal turnover this year? We're very very minimal turnover. We are uh, we're going to return our catcher, our first baseman our third baseman, left fielder, and center fielder. Um, Pitching-wise, we're going to return our number our number one guy that went 12-0, uh, and 0, our number two guy that went 10-1, and 1, and our number three guy that went 9-0. And, <laughs> and they're low wow. <laughs> No doubt about that. Now, did you lose anybody to the draft this year? Uh, we, we had a guy get drafted, but he ended up just going to uh, – Southern Miss. We had a kid go to one kid, a pitcher go to Southern Miss. We had a right fielder go to Southern Miss. We had an arm go to Central Arkansas. Our shortstop went to uh, Louisiana Tech. Our second baseman is going to be a doctor, so he probably made a very good decision for his future. Um, he's just going to go to school. Um, another pitcher is going to Blue Mountain State, so like I said, we lost nine guys, and Seven of the nine guys are moving on. The rest of them are just going to go to school. They all had, everyone had offers to go somewhere, but a few of them decided just to, you know, go out on a high note. Oh, no, that, that that's awesome. That's something special on its own right now. You know, just just looking at this, is this, uh, you know, you obviously went to school You're an alumni. You know, you got to ring with the institution. You know, got to ask, did anybody knock on the doors and uh, see if you wanted to roam anywhere else? We've had I've had some conversations with such and uh you know, I love it here, this is where I wanna be. Um our old you know, our old head coach, you know, that head coached me when I was here, he's at Louisiana Tech now. Um, Coach Ostrander, he's the pitching coach, associate head coach. And uh he actually took our other assistant from this past season, he's at Louisiana Tech with him now and uh kinda Moved me into doing my uh, infield again and my base running and moving up a little bit. I, I, but I'm very comfortable where I'm at and this is kind of where I want to be. And as of right now, you know, I'm 24, just finished up my master's and all that. So I'm just trying to keep my foot in the door and building that resume up. That's the way to do it. And I wish I was 24 again. My God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, just uh, to think about. Uh, playing there for a World Series, you were a player there, and uh, how sweet was it just to walk away with that ring, coming back a second time? And, and I know you you fell short as a player, but but you had a great season that year as well. But how sweet was it just to get that ring for those guys? I know as a coach, when I coach, it was special, you know, winning and winning a ring, winning championships as a coach, more almost than a player because you led people, you know, you you. you you get to see others grow because of what you're doing. How does that feel winning a ring as a coach compared to just say if you won it as a player? Oh, there's no doubt. It's, you know, we were uh, we're getting ready to play for that national championship game, and so I got all the guys down the line and talking to them. There's nothing I can tell them at this point if they're not ready to go. They're I mean, they're they're in the wrong business. But uh, look at them and say, look, guys, you know, I played for this thing in 2011 and came up with 
came up a game short this night. I said, I can't play. I can't do nothing with you, but uh, we ain't coming in second. I'll coach my butt off at first, whatever it takes for me to get a little redemption and get this ring and not come in second again. But uh, it was awesome seeing those guys and letting them have that experience as freshmen. You know, like I said, majority of them were freshmen. And, you know, that's, that's the baseball mecca trying to win a World Series and get a ring at that level. And uh, they did it. So it's all uh, – it, it, it's very uh, – very good to see and good to be around. How much pressure did your dad put on you while you were there? Oh, Lord. <laughs> I uh, I was looking up in the stands, and it was just like he didn't change from when I played. You know, you see him sitting down by himself and pacing in after the game. He's saying, why didn't y'all do this? And I'm like, come on, man. Just just enjoy it. <laughs> Sit back and watch. Because I remember he was out there with you when you played, and, you know, he coached you throughout your life and everything. So you felt like Dad was trying to coach you during that as well. Oh, yeah. he You know, he loves the game and has always been around it. He's probably – he's one of the main reasons uh, baseball is such a passion in my life and this and that. Um, you know, him and Mom came out there when I played, and they spent their uh, 30th wedding anniversary watching me play, and they spent their 35th watching me coach. So, you know, they're and, uh, they're very uh, and, supportive family. Devoted, right? Yeah, they're devoted. And you have a brother, Jeff, that's very talented. He had an accident when he was in college, but he's a very talented baseball player as well, correct? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, he uh, – I asked him, I said, you going to come back out there and watch? He said, man, I love you. I can watch it on TV, but I'm not going to come watch you stand in the box if you're not going to play. <laughs> so I'm going to come watch you stand in the first base box. So I'll watch you on TV. I said, that's understandable. <laughs> Yeah, but we we watched you here in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, watched you on the computer. It was great to see you get that championship. And I, I had a feeling once you once you beat Sinclair, I just saw the turn. You know, it was just the momentum you were gonna win that championship. And and again, congratulations. Hey, I'm a, not 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 talking college. What do you think about A Rod right now? I know you're a Yankees fan. What do you think like, about A Rod? Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm probably in the minority here, but uh, I'm a. I know he done wrong, done this and that, but you know I respect the guy tons. And if the numbers don't lie, yeah, he PEDs this and that, but you know you still don't put those numbers up with or without it. The time you put in the gym, the time you put out, you know he's a the guy. Loves baseball. There's no doubt about it. He made some bad decisions. Yeah, he did. But I mean. Nobody nobody put the work in he did, I don't think, either, though. Um, he, needs, he needs to go, yeah, but I'd like to see him finish out the year. But it is what it is. I just need my Yankees. I need the young Yankees coming up to make a little run right here. They're two and a half out of the playoff, the wild card. So they aren't they – they, aren't, they, they, call, they said they were sellers, but, you know, there's a, there's a chance they can make a little run here. Well, you, you could be the Atlanta Braves, you know. That could be – what you were doing. Yeah, that's, better than that, that's very right? true. There's a there's a lot of Braves fans, you know, down here because it's I guess the closest uh closest team, and I ain't heard much from them here in the past few years. But you know, they're getting that they're getting that new stadium, new field, and all that. So uh, they'll have a little resurgence. Yeah, I'm kind of pissed off about that. You know, I don't. It's going to cause more traffic near my back of the woods now because they're moving that stadium in the suburbs. But but we'll right. see. Zach. Zach, thanks for joining us. Uh, tell us how we can 
your website or your Twitter can't handle anything like that, we can follow you. Yeah, we uh, you know, our our website our, our, with all our athletics is uh www.jcjcathletics.com. Um, that's where you can find our schedule, roster, um, bios, any little thing about the program. You can do that, and we also have our uh, Twitter handle. It's uh, at JCJC Baseball, um, and then we have a Facebook page, uh, JCJC Baseball or Bobcat Baseball. You can follow us. We uh, our Twitter's pretty good. It's got all our trophies on there and all the uh, like the ring design that we just put out. So that's that's something you can go look at, and you'll be able to find a lot of things on there. So that'll be good. Check out, and that'll be somewhere you can get all the information. For our uh, for our college and our ball club. Well, Zach, it's been great talking to you. Let all your friends know, your teammates know that you, you did an interview here. Let them listen to it. You you represented your school well and yourself, and we look forward to talking with you in the future, buddy. Definitely. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you. Have a good one, Johnson. You know, you, you know, Johnson. I'm good at making predictions. We, we're good at football and everything, but I'm good at the talent too, and I, I'll guarantee, I'll put money on it that he'll be coaching college baseball within the next five years. Talking about Michigan, LSU, Alabama, somewhere like that. You know, make a bet on that. Well, why would I want to make a bet on that? Seems like you got inside information there. I do have inside information, and I and I know. <laughs> I do have that inside information, but you can tell people that are, you know, what, what's special about Zach is, is he played, he, his passion. He, this guy got hit more times watching him play. He got hit about a hundred times in a season. I mean, not not too many people like to stand up at the plate and get hit. You know, that ball's coming in ninety miles an hour. Kind of uncomfortable. Zach was one of those players that did whatever he could to get on base to help the team win. Uh, made it to the World Series playing and coaching. You could say in coaching, you could just tell that's where he belongs. And at 24 years old, to already have that resume, World Series champion, uh, World Series player, you know, I mean, that's a great resume to have. It sounds like he's working under the right people that's going to get him in the right places. So I would say five years. Uh, I mean, before he's 30, he's going to be with a major, major college. I mean, I only wish the best for him. Anybody who that's their dream, pursue it. You know, I mean, it's all about, you know, especially when you're young, you got to be hungry, you got to get after it. Uh, and it seems like he is definitely a, uh, a person who, who, you know, he gets after it. Uh, you know, and having that really ring definitely uh, helps out. Um, you know, whenever you can flaunt a little bit of jewelry and say, you see this? I was a part of this. Well, wait a minute. Let's, let's have a conversation right quick. And, and you know what? No matter what level you're on, having a ring means something. And, and you know, like, JUCO players, Cam Newton won a JUCO championship. Guess what? He, he knows how to win a championship. He comes off and wins one. Nick Marshall in junior college playing comes in and does what he does. So, I mean, it's it's, it's important to have that, that with you, that experience with you, and no matter if you're high school level, JUCO, Division One, whatever it is. To be a champion is a champion, and it's it's rare to have. There's not many people that have rings, especially. I guarantee you, there's not many people that actually played for a championship and coached for a championship. And it's just it's just rare. And, and I've seen his passion. I I know what his family what what they do. His parents came to 
all the way to Oklahoma from Louisiana to watch him coach. That's the most. Hell, I, I couldn't get my old man to come out and watch me play locally baseball, much less come to Oklahoma. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, it's, it's the the you're winning that championship and showing you know, the, devo- the devotion and dedication of family shows that he's shown is, is definitely something that is a wholly impressive. You know, I mean, my my very good friend, uh, he won the playing hockey, believe it or not, won the state championship, won the national championship in high school, and uh, on a uh, travel team level, and then he also was able to coach a team to a uh, national championship and a uh, I mean, a state championship on a junior level, I mean, he's just, you know, you see doors start opening, he actually works for the Lightning now. So as long as you get at it and you keep going at it, you know, those doors will open and you will, you will be rewarded. Well, I forgot to ask Zach what he got so pissed off in that game for. that Either the, the semifinal or the championship, it looks like he was about to get run, but, you know, as a coach, you're going to sometimes lose your temper, but I think it was a play at first. I think the umpire called him safe, but he was out. I can't remember, but I should, I'll, I'll have to ask him about that. But Wednesday night, we're going to come back and we're going to we're going to hit the NFL. We're going to kind of go through the divisions. Let's talk Wednesday night the AFC West, and we'll talk about the AFC East. We'll just do East and West real quick for the AFC. Okay. We're going to talk some Pac-12 football. We're going to have some fun. Anything uh, Anything you want to talk about before we go? Uh, no, I mean, uh, yeah, obviously I'm looking forward to our conversation on Wednesday night. Uh, I'll keep waiting for breaking news on another guy getting suspended or hurt, I guess, in college football. It's just the unfortunate reality of uh, of the situation. And um, my thoughts are with uh, everybody in Milwaukee right now. Hopefully uh, that uh, that unrest can get resolved. It's, uh, it's always ugly when something of that, uh, that nature uh, happens. And we, you know, it's you know, these riots and, and the looting and things like that just, just cannot be tolerated. What's what's happening? What's happening in in Wisconsin, you said? Yeah, uh I guess in Milwaukee the cops shot and killed a uh shot and killed a, a young man. Uh, and the response from uh the people was to riot and loot. I know there's a, at least one gas station oh, yeah. on fire. Yeah, so I just, you know, for everybody in the area affected by that, you know, I hope I hope that gets resolved because there there's no there there's no place in that in our society. No, it's time to look, guys. We're, we're in a dangerous time in this world, whether you like Hillary or, or Donald. It's just, we need order. This country is divided and and uh, it's just terrible seeing some of the things that's going on out there right now. An eye for an eye is not what's going to get this country back together. Do, do cops do stupid things sometimes? Yes. Do people do stupid things? Yes. I mean, it's just, it's not the way to – you kill one doesn't mean we're going to go kill 50 of you, you know. And that's not the way you, you do things. You, you get rid of the – you cut out the cancers and you, and you keep healing and you keep moving on, but – Every day it seems like it's just something in the media, man. It's something bad. It's bad. Whether it's Hillary Clinton scandals, every one of them. You know, I just looked at AL.com, six dead in Tuscaloosa plane crash. I mean, just something every day, there's something bad happening. But that's what happens, man. It's a, it's a big country. It's a big world. And it's not just in the United States bad things happen. It's, 
it's all over the world. So we're not a political show. We don't we don't claim to be a political show, but this time we you have to talk some politics, don't you, Jonathan, for this election? Yeah, I mean, every once in a while, I just think that you know some some voices need to be heard, and I don't really care which side of the issue you sit on. To to be uh, completely honest, I mean, you know, you, you may say what you want about me, but at the end of the day, I, I just violence is something I I am not, and just reckless violence is something I'm not in support of. Um, you just like and, violence, uh, right? Yeah, well, that's, I'm a football fan, so. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there, there's just certain things that I feel that, um, you know, every once in a while you just need to talk about it, voice a little bit, you know, there's just to let people know where, where we stand. You, know, you don't want to be political all the time, but there are times where I think a voice needs to be heard and said, hey, come on now. I mean, y'all being ridiculous. Let's let's try to act like, you know, we're, we're grown people. Uh, in a society that that's a little more advanced than it was uh, 150 years ago. Yeah, and and I'm gonna give some people before we give some advice on this election. Quit quit looking at CNN, looking at all these negative stories about each candidate or Fox, whatever. Go do your own research. Vote for your own conscience because that's what it's gonna be. You you're responsible. And I, I don't want to hear I'm not voting. There's nobody that. That's crazy. You as an American citizen, you need to go vote. I don't care who it's for. Don't write in a candidate. That's stupid. Or I'd write myself in, you know. That's a wasted vote. Don't vote for Gary Johnson. That's a wasted vote. You have two people in this election. You have Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. Which one do you want? That's who you go vote for. Figure out which one you like the most and go vote. But don't throw away a vote writing in Donald Duck or Nick Saban or, or Brian Kelly of Notre Dame, some stupid people like that that do that. Don't don't throw away a vote. Vote for one of those two, and let's get the best one in, and let's get this country back great again. So, Jonathan, we'll see you Wednesday night, my friend, everybody out there. Thanks for listening. Zach, thanks for joining us on the interview. We will see you Wednesday night. Football's less than three weeks away, Jonathan. College football, baby. We're close. <laughs> Let's get that. I'm ready for that September 4th show. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. You guys don't play until Monday night, correct? You guys don't play until Labor Day night. So that's going to be really exciting to get in the TV, that old Miss Florida State game. Oh, yeah. I mean, my family was talking about going down to Key West for Labor Day. And they're like, hey, you want to come? I go, nope. Nope. You're going to. Come on now. Who are you talking to? <laughs> yeah, I'll be going to Auburn that weekend, and, and I won't be missing any part of the game. They have TVs everywhere set up. Uh, I will be recording some games, but I'm ready at 9 o'clock Eastern in my 50-yard line seat to watch a kickoff and hopefully something special this year. Just You never know. One thing about football, Jonathan, is you never know. That first week, you just never know what your team's going to do. You never know which team's going to show up, and that's one of the most exciting things. I think the best part of football season is right now is is the anticipation of it starting. Would you agree with that? I mean, uh, yeah, I don't think anybody's happier than the month of August as a football fan because it's 
now you're building towards something. Everybody, it's all, everybody's zero and zero. Everybody's undefeated. You know, so uh, you know, at this point, it's just waiting to see what happens on the field. You know, I, I just can't. I'm, I'm really, really, really excited uh, to the point where I'm, uh, I'm working on my final predictions as we speak on how I think this season could possibly play out. And that's all your top 25 poll. You need to go make some tweets for that. You've been, you've been listening to Sonya too long or something. I don't know what you've been doing. But. <laughs> oh, come on. I, see, it's funny. I knew if anyone's going to take exception with it, it was going to be you. I knew it. As soon as I put out there, like, Brian's going to be mad. Nah, I'm not mad. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a hater. Well, actually, I am, but I'm getting over it. <laughs> All right, oh, guys. Man. We'll take care, and we will see you Wednesday night or Thursday, whichever one. Jonathan, I'll call you during the day, Tuesday, and see what we got going on for the week, see how you're looking, and get something scheduled up. Uh, during the week, it's always busy with work right now going on and things like that. You know how it goes, but we'll be on there this week and Sunday. So get ready, everybody. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Sounds good. All right, y'all.